0: welcome to name three songs i'm sarah fagan i'm jenna Million,
1: and this is a podcast where we challenge sexism in the music industry and empower fangirls because let's be honest fangirls knew about that band way before you did
0: and if you stick around long enough we'll also let you in on some new music that girls are already crazy about
1: and this week we have not one but two new patreon members to shout out Welcome to the community, Dana and Brooke. And Brooke has a very fun story. So, Sarah, do you want to give us the details on how Brooke found out about us?
0: Yeah, this is actually my favorite new thing about our Discord server now that we've been around a little while longer and people are joining. Is that we have like an intro thing that we have people fill out of just like giving us, you know, their Zodiac sign and their favorite band, but also how they found out about Name Three songs. And Brooke actually found us from like my original TikTok. So they've been listening to us since the podcast existed. So since the first ever episode. So like snaps to Brooke because (laughs) the podcast has changed so much since we first started it. So the fact that they've sticked around makes me feel just like we truly have a friend in them, which is like really Really exciting to get to know them now because also brooks a comedian and they were speaking with they actually like had discourse with a male comedian friend following our episode with Lucy Ford about fanboys and fangirls because I- I'm sure most people are like even vaguely aware of kind of the misogyny that exists in the comedian realm of things, but it's a lot and it can be a lot to deal with. And so just the fact that number one, they have a male comedian friend that was willing to talk to them about that, but also also that it opened a channel which is like all we wanted Uh, um like brooke when i said on discord that that made my day it truly like continues to make my day multiple days in a row
1: (laughs) so it's like i open up that discord message every day to read it first thing in the morning But truly, it is, like, such a treat to hear that you're taking these conversations and, like, having them with people in real life and, like, continuing the learning that we're doing here. Like, that's so freaking cool and, like, what what we've always wanted with this. That's always been the goal. But also just to meet, like, an OG, like, day one listener. Like, that's really cool, like, that we didn't know existed <laughs> before because a lot of the people that, like, we chat with, like, fairly often on, like, Instagram, like, a lot of you guys have been with us for a super long time and, like, we know who you are, like, out when we've done our like trivia parties every so often but to meet someone like totally new it's like whoa what like i don't know it's just kind of crazy and also (laughs) to sarah's point like yeah our podcast was something different back then i'm like i'm sure like listening to that first episode i'd be a little (laughs) embarrassed because we've we've clearly improved we've we know how to do it now but (laughs) you you stayed with us through thick and thin (laughs)
0: But this is why we constantly are talking about our Patreon and especially the Discord server is because it's so cool. Number one, watching in real time, our listeners connect with each other and become friends and their friendships blossoming outside of the Discord. But also just like finding out about things we might be missing on TikTok or in other pop culture realms and people connecting who like really, truly all they have in common from like the grand scheme of things is that they like our podcast and then there's so much more there which is so cool because we're collecting essentially like a lot of like-minded people that probably never would have connected otherwise so if you are on patreon and you're just listening to like the bonus episodes and such you should join the discord server because it's a lot of fun and if you're not already as per usual you can go join us on patreon at patreon.com slash name free songs We have bonus monthly episodes called Music Meltdowns where we talk about other things within our interests in the world of music that kind of exists outside the feminist scope. Whenever there's crazy news going on, we have mini episodes that come out sporadically to for us to give our feminist take on music news that's happening and then of course we have the discord server of friendship where we get to find out all these fun crazy exciting things about our listeners and just really become friends with y'all which is like all we want so you can
1: find all of that over on patreon.com slash name three songs and now that our days have been made by sharing with you all brooke's story what are we getting into today sarah
0: We are going into uncharted territory and we are talking about something that is slowly becoming a very hot topic within the music industry and is developing as we speak, essentially, which is we're going into the realm of TikTok in like this whole new way that we've never really talked about TikTok in that we're looking at. How TikTok is changing the music industry, but also TikTok is its own music industry in and of itself. How mainstream artists are trying to keep up with the times and keep hip with the teens by using social media in a way that they're seeing quote unquote, unknown artists having major success. But there is that disconnect because a lot of these quote unquote, unknown artists have a creator hat on, like they understand how the Internet works in a way that these people who are famous and are kind of disconnected from the realms of online don't understand. So it's a whole other discourse, a whole other thing. And it's also changing what pop music is. And something that Jenna and I both talked about is kind of how pop music for a long time was like a guilty pleasure for both of us and how we've come to terms with like how much we do love pop music and how we don't care if any who knows it we're gonna yell from the rooftops how much we love pop music and tiktok is kind of like changing what that means and kind of in some ways can be making pop music embarrassing again because people are trying to like have tiktok exist within their songs and there's just like so many levels to it and of course like when we talk about something like this that's like developing as it happens it's always good to have on a guest so we do have a guest on this week and it's just like a really interesting conversation
1: as Sarah mentioned, this is truly uncharted territory because it is literally playing out before our eyes. So this is like a really fun and kind of different episode for us, but you're still going to learn a lot. And we have like the most perfect guest on to share her expertise with us. So Sarah, who is our special guest?
0: Yeah, so our guest today is Dev Lemons, who if you were on TikTok, you probably know her as Song Psych. She makes these really incredible videos kind of breaking down the production and songwriting styles of every musician you could ever think of so she is a songwriter and singer herself she has a youtube channel she kind of does it all she has every possible creator hat in her closet that you can think of somebody needing to put on and she makes music and production and songwriting something that is accessible to anybody and so i feel like in the like name three songs way of us going out of our way to learn something that makes not a lot of sense to us to figure out how to make it easy for everybody else to understand Dev does the same thing, which I think is really incredible because a lot of men that exist in the production space and the songwriting space kind of gatekeep it. And she is throwing open those gates and letting people in. And she has over 800,000 followers on TikTok. So she definitely understands this platform and how it all works. And so we thought that she would be the perfect guest to come on and help us really understand what's going on in this uncharted territory.
1: Yes. So let's get into it. Hi, Dev. Welcome to Name Three Songs. We're so excited to have you here.
2: Thank you. I'm so excited to be
0: here. This will be awesome. Yeah, we have a really fun conversation because for the first time ever, we're discussing a topic that is happening while we're talking about it. And usually, as like our lovely listeners know, we're always pulling from like countless articles being like, see, other smart people agree with us, but today we are the smart people you have to trust. Because we're talking about TikTok, obviously, and just kind of how TikTok has existed as its own musical environment. It's its own music industry even though like the major labels, the record labels, what have you, like are kind of infiltrating it. Obviously, there's a lot of mainstream artists that have their own accounts that make TikToks that make viral songs. But it's just like a whole other habitat that they don't fully understand because they're not trained to be content creators. And a lot of the musicians that exist on TikTok and who have gotten fame from TikTok kind of go into it in like the content creation mindset because they're either younger or what have you. And they Like, existed on YouTube and they've seen how the internet works. Whereas, like, a lot of these people who are mainstream have no time for the internet and they're trying to become relatable. And so, it's just like this really interesting conversation to have because the artists who exist on TikTok, rather than having like a record label controlling them, They kind of have their fans in the comments or haters in the comments coming at them and trying to like control their narrative, control what they're singing about, control everything. And so it's like a very interesting world to exist in and learn about. And it's even more interesting like when these mainstream artists are kind of not necessarily being forced, but being pushed by the labels to try and make songs that go viral because you have these moments where like Fleetwood Mac or Billy Joel or older artists have songs that are just organically going viral or you have like Levitating by Dua Lipa or 17 Going Under by Sam Fender that have also gone viral pretty organically. And these are songs that like already exist. Whereas when we see these viral moment songs, sometimes you get them on Spotify a couple months later and the 15, 30 seconds that were on TikTok is the only thought out part of the song. And this happens more so with mainstream artists or like smaller artists that are signed and are told to like go become a TikTok star or whatever, but they're obviously not the only ones making these quote unquote mistakes. So Dev, with your time on TikTok and as a songwriter yourself and a producer yourself, has there been any mainstream song moments of like an artist clearly trying to go viral like outside of like the most recent Jack Harlow first class debacle that really hit you and being like oh like these mainstream artists do not understand how this app works
2: yes honestly the example i have it's interesting because i feel like it both tries too hard and like doesn't try at all at the same time <laughs> and i'm gonna have to say to see slide by drake because i honestly don't think he would have made that song like when has drake ever told us to like put your right foot slide and like your left. Like, when has he ever done that, you know? (laughs) And it's just so, like, it feels so lazy, but it's also trying so hard to, like, get people to dance to it.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, well, literally, because that's, like, such a good example, because didn't... I mean, wasn't there, like, rumors that he was, like, maybe also paying, like, other TikTokers to, like, purposely do the dance to make it a thing?
2: Oh, yeah. I
1: don't know if that was confirmed or not, but I feel like I saw people talking about that.
2: I wouldn't be surprised. And, like, even to your earlier point, Sarah, about, like, these mainstream artists going organically viral, I think, like, to an extent, especially when a major label is involved, you can't really say, like, how organic, like, it really is. You know what I mean? I feel like a lot of trends, like, they start organically, like, by a couple people do them, and then the labels could, like, scroll through and be like, oh, this could be something we could pay people to do. And then they just pay a bunch of people to hop on it and, like, just, oh, use this filter and explode the, the song. Like, what was it? Olivia Rodrigo had that one song that everyone used the inverted filter to.
0: Mm -hmm. Like, I guarantee
2: you people like they probably paid people to use the filter, too, which is like it's a smart move. It's smart marketing, but it's just like it's really interesting that they can pull it off and make it look like a bunch of people are hopping on the trend. But it's like they're they're definitely paying people.
0: So that's actually interesting that you said that because there is this tech radar piece that was written in July of 2021 by Catherine Rogers called TikTok is changing the rules of the music industry where they literally just confirm that, that like labels are creating deals with influencers on TikTok. And they'll kind of be like, oh, like here's a couple songs that we want to push. Like, can you make some content with these three, four songs and like see which ones take off? And so Mm -hmm. it is interesting because they have literal now at this point, like divisions of labels where people are watching the TikTok charts, watching the TikTok trends, And like, I'm sure you've seen it, but like on when you're a creator on TikTok now, it'll even be like, find out the trend before it's trending. And it like gives you like noise, like sounds that it wants you to use in like the coming Mm -hmm. week because TikTok is like working directly with the labels now to kind of make these moments happen. And so it is really interesting because, again, we talk a lot on this podcast about how like there's so much going on in the music industry that feels nefarious, but it's really just the music industry being a capitalist empire that it is and like Fans not wanting to acknowledge that the music industry is a capitalist empire, but it's the same thing as like any influencer deal that you would see of like an influencer promoting a movie or a TV show or a juice brand or whatever. But instead, it's like labels being like, hey, here's this song, try and make it a thing. And so it's like, yeah, some things might be a little organic, but nothing is ever going to be a hundred percent organic unless somebody gets genuinely lucky, which like that's the thing is it's like the TikTok algorithm changes so much and there have been so many studies about like how the TikTok algorithm works and still people don't fully understand it that nobody knows what's going to go viral so you can just hope and pray do, <laughs> yeah do the people who made the algorithm even know how that
1: algorithm works that's the real question <laughs> does any like does anyone does anyone even the people who made it, do they know how it works, or is it just like it just does what it wants?
2: What? <laughs> I honestly gross. wonder because like TikTok is really secretive about their algorithm. <laughs> it's almost like yeah, we don't want to tell you what really happens. Like exactly, maybe it's because they don't even know half the time. I know they change it a lot though. <laughs> it's like alien, you can definitely <laughs> tell when they change it. Like even a couple weeks ago. I don't know if you've gotten this feature, but like the repost feature, when things come up on your For You page and then you go to send it and then there's the repost button. Ever since that came up for me, a lot of my old content would like go up in views, but a lot of my new stuff would
1: tank. Speaking of influencers, I think it's really interesting that, you know, we're having this conversation about influencers like being paid to promote these songs. Because if you think back to Payola in the 1950s, this was when radio DJs were taking money from record labels in order for their songs to be played on air. And it became like a whole thing. It became illegal for radio DJs to accept money to play songs. And it's kind of like, this is just the new version of that, but it's totally like different and unchecked because influencers are used to getting paid for stuff. Influencers are used to promoting stuff. There's no hierarchy or like rules or reasons why they can't accept money for these things. So it's kind of interesting in that regard.
2: Oh yeah. I mean, I think Paola has lived on even before TikTok through like the playlisting culture and stuff of... Music streaming apps and stuff, but especially TikTok, especially because a lot of these ad agencies and stuff will literally reach out to these creators and tell them that they can't acknowledge that they are paying them to use the sound. Like they basically tell all these creators to just violate FTC guidelines and they get away with it, you know? Like think about all the people that are paid to use sounds. That just don't acknowledge anywhere like hashtag sponsored hashtag you know i've literally had an ad agency tell me like we would put like sponsored in the video and they'd be like take it out and we'd be like no Like, we're not going to violate FTC guidelines for you. Like, it's just so unprofessional, but they get away with it because they'll pay, like, a lot of people just don't know that that's a thing that you have to do in the first place.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because that's the thing with TikTok is, like, TikTok overnight essentially created an army of influencers that hadn't existed before. And so they aren't educated in that same way. And so also out of the woodwork will come people who are wanting to be social media managers, wanting to be, like, managers of influencers or or whatever who also aren't well versed in this creating companies becoming publicists becoming whatever without any real experience just because they're jumping on this tiktok bandwagon and so you just see countless people not really understanding the rules or the laws or like how things are supposed to work and like getting into trouble because also again something we talk about a lot and something that's just talked is talked about a lot on tiktok is it's like Fans will just come up with conspiracy theories or like haters will come up with conspiracy theories and be like, oh, this song isn't even that good. Like all these people are all of a sudden posting about it with like no real trend, like nothing legit. They're just singing back to the song like it must be something nefarious or dark. And it's like, no, somebody's just like paying them and they like didn't tell people. And like you'll see this happen with artists and fans being like. What is happening here? Like the comments constantly being like, why is this trending when there's no trend? Or like, what's going on here? And mm-hmm. it's it's like, it's just so interesting to watch happen because again, it's kind of like these small-ish artists who are signed to major labels. So it, it's not like TikTok creators. It's not these people that like TikTok viewers have like a TikTok parasocial relationship with. It's people who are, like, known, like, it, which it just sounds like a tongue twister, honestly, but it's just, like, it's people who are known and, like, quote-unquote respected as, like, major label signees and these sorts of things and people who are, like, touring full-time or whatever and people being, like, why? Why is mm-hmm. this fishy thing, being, like, like, it, like f- happening? Like, like, why like, are you verifying like, Shut up. No,
2: literally, and it's a shame because it'll happen to people, too, who, like, Aren't even backed by labels and are just just genuinely put something up and then it got viral and people would be like, oh, this was all planned. Like, please don't text me when you're drunk. Like that song. Yeah. There were so many people that were coming at Stacey and Zay being like, you guys planned this from the very beginning. Like, we're on to you. Like, you were always gonna make this song. Why did it come out so soon after Zay do edit it? And like, that's just not the case. Like, Stacey literally just threw it up. She didn't even. She wasn't even gonna put the song out. You know, she was just yeah. like, ah, oh, let's just. Do an a verse challenge. Like Sadie did a good one that went super viral. Like maybe it'll, maybe people will like my song and it exploded. Like it naturally exploded and a lot of people did stuff on it. And Zai's video also naturally exploded.
1: It's kind of just like a lot of TikTok users have become really superstitious almost of everything of like because there was a whole industry plant discourse especially with the tramp stamps and like we did we spent a whole episode talking about like industry plants but it's just like everyone is so quick quick to claim that like something isn't real but the thing is like when it comes to major label artists like if we're talking about Dua Lipa or like I remember Miley Cyrus was doing like a bunch of promotion for her Plastic Hearts album on TikTok but none of it was like content that made sense on TikTok it was all like music videos or like live Performances and stuff. And it's like record labels don't understand how to use TikTok. But, like, the way TikTok is meant to be used is, like, not really by celebrities. Like, unless you have that very, (laughs) like, stan culture personality, like, Doja Cat or Lonal's X, who both got very popular from TikTok, but, like, are, like, genuine actual, like, artists in the mainstream now. And then people are like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're like this online. Like, that's so crazy. You're a celebrity. (laughs) And it's like, they are the exception. Like, there's so few people who can both have that internet, very online personality and can also be a celebrity because, like, Dua Lipa, Billie Eilish, Molly Cyrus, like, these people got popular in the era where, like, TikTok was not part of the conversation. So they got popular in a very traditional model. And so, them trying to suddenly be TikTokers, it just doesn't translate.
2: Yeah. I mean, I do think Billie Eilish is better than most. Like, I've definitely seen videos of her that are like, oh, okay, this is like funny, you know, like, I could, yeah. like, anyone could post this and, like, it would just like it made sense you know just stitching videos and stuff like that but I mean yeah it's interesting I think with people like Billy and Lil Nas X and Doja Cat though they all you can tell just like love the internet to an extent like and grew up with social media and really just thrived on there and understood it really well which is like I think that comes through when you're like passionate about online and like you love the social aspect of it I think you can tell when that translates through people's content and the whole industry plant thing is a really interesting discussion too especially with TikTok because it's just like I don't know I think the whole industry plant thing it's like kind of a I don't know honestly I think the whole concept of like hating on people for being a plant is kind of stupid because especially before the internet like everyone was a plant how are you gonna get your album heard if you didn't go through a label (laughs) like look at the kanye documentary like he had to like work so hard to get people to even give him a deal like that's not really the you don't need a deal anymore you know like it would be nice like the funding is great but in order to get people to hear your stuff like if you just have a team that is connected or something like yeah you don't even need a team you know, you yeah. like you can just do it yourself if you know what you're
0: doing. That's the thing that is so interesting and like how you brought up Daisy and Zai with the please don't text you in your drunk situation. It's like people again on TikTok, like Jenna said, they're kind of superstitious. They kind of also think that they completely understand how the music industry works. But like I said at the start, like the TikTok music industry and the quote unquote real world music industry are two very different places and things and just like beasts in it of themselves and it's like that's why you'll see these artists who are signed or have major management or whatever being like oh I need to get this many pre-saves or this many listens for my manager or like the whole stupid fucking thing that they do all the time where they're like oh I released this song it was illegal for me to do so like oh no Um, which like I hate so much like it's my biggest pet peeve on the stupid app app. but like that's also why you see people in the comments being like this was a plan you guys are plants this was all fake because They don't understand that people who don't have these men in the background pulling the strings in the same way can literally like hop on whatever they use to record a song, record that song, and put it up on Spotify three days later. Like that's legitimately possible. Whereas people who are signed to labels or have more like hands in the pot of their music career like they don't have that ability and that's why you see bad mainstream songs coming out like jason derulo's savage love where he literally stole like an actual polynesian song that had trended on tiktok just to make like another TikTok trend that like was nowhere near as good as the original and like you you just see like messes occur when like major labels and major label signed artists try and get involved or when they try and make like organic viral music they still are on TikTok being like I have to like prove to my dad that I deserve to like be an astronaut guys like they're just doing like these weird yeah. things where you're just like n- why the hell because they just it feels nonsensical and it it makes it so much more like you can tell that like they don't understand how the internet works and they don't understand internet culture in that way and it's so interesting because it's even like when Instagram stories first got announced and so many famous people were like how am I gonna be relatable and TikTok's 500 times worse like 500 times harder and just like so much more work
2: Yeah, the Jason Derulo song, like it actually blows my mind that he didn't get more backlash for that. You know, like yeah. he definitely got backlash, but it's just the fact that that song even had gone so viral in the first place. I mean, I'm sure the label put a lot of money behind it, but the fact that also not only is he like stealing from a Polynesian song and a poly- like a dance and then he called it savage love. Like, are you out of your mind? Literally, Whose idea yeah. was that? Like, it's just so disrespectful. And then people were just, like, doing the day Like, what the hell? Hu- like, really? Like, no. Why didn't more people talk about that? And then people will get mad at, like, Salem for saying it. she's mad at Disney. Like, I don't understand. Like, he actually just did something blatantly disrespectful. And people were just, like... That's such a good
1: sound. Well, I think also part of like the Jason Derulo thing is like some people literally just like aren't paying attention or don't know. And then they just like see something blowing up with no context and they're like, I right, cool. Um, But it is funny that like that, that was allowed to happen. But I also just think it's funny like thinking back to the like YouTube era of things when people essentially were going viral on YouTube like very early like days of <laughs> that whole mess. And I think it's funny that like teens these days, teens these days don't understand, but like being middle school and having like Rebecca Black's like Friday or like Carly Rae Jepsen like Call Me Maybe those were truly like YouTube viral hits that just came out of nowhere and Call Me Maybe a very good song Friday I feel like Rebecca Black is trying to rebrand herself she's actually doing like a pretty good job of it but it's just funny like looking back now in the way like those songs were very kind of clickbaity like quote unquote catchy lyrics in the way that like a lot of like the TikTok songs are not now where it's like everyone is just talking about very like internet culture things but it it was very much more of a, a wholesome like toned down version
2: yeah I do think Rebecca is, like, doing a pretty good job of rebanding herself, too. It is nice to see, because she got so much hate. Like, even though, the I don't know, like, some people were just like, oh, like, she has rich parents, like, she got a music video for her birthday, like, and it sucks, you know? Like, I think, I don't care, like, no matter, that's just so mean. Like, people were mean. Yeah. Like, she was the laughing stock of the entire yeah. internet. Like, people call that the worst song ever made of the century, <laughs> like, and she's a child still. Like, yeah. you know? That just, I can't imagine how many years of therapy she had to go through to finally be able to do music again and it's good like her stuff now is pretty good
1: I mean I just feel like that's the thing now with TikTok and internet culture the way it's evolved is like teenagers are growing up so much more quicker because they have access to so many more things and like adult conversations and like even just like fashion like if you look at what we were wearing in middle school like no like no let's not (laughs) let's just not look at what we were wearing in middle school compared to like how teenagers dress now it's kind of the same thing of what was happening and especially with Rebecca Black it's like I think there's somebody else on our list we're going to talk about today who like had like a video go viral when they were like a teenager on YouTube and it's it's just a totally different like teenagers are like so much more with it now than like what was happening in the very like uncharted like YouTube landscape of the internet
0: and like that's where these like TikTok differs from everything else and why it is such like a constantly changing constantly growing social media platform and something that like trends are moving so fast and music is changing so much on that app that like there aren't that many articles written or there are things that are happening in certain sectors of TikTok or songs that are going viral and like certain algorithms and not others that like there'll be things that I would think would be have at least one article written about them that don't and it's like oh okay what's going on here and and that's what's so engaging about this and so I don't know just like something that I think is going to be studied in like a 10 years time when like people are doing their like social media degrees or whatever it is that people are going to be doing then of just like the understand trying to unpack like how TikTok works and how like it really did change the music industry because those are like the only articles you really do find online is like oh like TikTok changing the industry TikTok and the music industry, like everything along those lines. So we've mentioned this in past episodes and also like on our Patreon episodes, because we have talked about, we did like a whole episode about TikTok stars having kind of like bullshit pop star careers, which are just like very like mainstream TikTokers turning into pop stars and like what that's kind of like. And so within that discourse, there was this article written in Fader at December of 2020 so like a full year in the pandemic a full year of people on TikTok constantly that stated that TikTok had released like a year in music review that claimed that over 70 artists who found success on the app were signed to major label deals and this is something that I found really interesting because like when you think about these artists who got signed There are so many artists who essentially were one hit wonders who had like one hit go viral quickly get called up by like every single label. You kind of see their journey happen on TikTok and then you never hear from them again unless you like click that follow button. You don't know what's going on. And some of them continued on to have success. Some of them just completely fell off the face of the earth. Because again, we have a whole other episode about how we've seen countless times, like women, especially marginalized women, getting signed to record labels with no industry knowledge and getting like... Fucked over, essentially, because they'll sign shitty deals, they don't understand what they mean, and they just get trapped and they have no control over it and they aren't allowed to put out any more songs unless they do exactly what the labels tell them to do. And so that is something that could potentially be going on with TikTok, but also these kids might be too afraid to say anything. And so it is this like very interesting thing where like we see kind of like these levels in which TikTokers get scrutinized for putting out songs or TikTokers putting out very Internet heavy, like callback songs or whatever the case may be. And because they'll have seen like in specifically 2020 artists like Tai Verdes or Doja Cat or whomever, like really genuinely getting famous from TikTok. And being like, I want to do that. And then they wind up being in, like, the more so of, like, one-hit wonder sort of situations. And, like, I keep using this term, but it's, like, if you grew up watching VH1, you were going to have seen, like, these specials with, like, the talking heads. Just, like, random the music journalists or, like, random pop stars or people who were in bands or whatever... Where like they talk about songs like Mambo Number 5 or the Macarena or whatever that were artists one hit wonders, but like were cultural (laughs) reset kind of moments that still are culturally relevant. But because TikTok is churning out so many artists with so many viral hit moments, those one hit wonders are genuinely just going to like exist in like a blip of history and not so much have like a culturally relevant moment themselves. And this is why this conversation is so necessary to have, because we're seeing a literal change of pop music where like the past kind of five years, a lot of people have been like reclaiming their love of pop music, being like, no, this is good. This is thought out music. And then TikTok changing that again and making it somewhat of a joke, depending on which bubble you've landed in.
2: Yeah, and I think, especially, I mean, another reason why I do think, like, the internet is such a great thing, you know, in a way, for music and just the music industry and for independent musicians is that, like, I mean, before TikTok and stuff, it was so much easier for labels to take advantage of artists because it's, like, how are they supposed to learn about the industry if they're not, like, thrown into the industry? How are they supposed to, like, not take a shitty deal because they're so dependent on the label to even get their music out there? But now... Yeah. When you can self-distribute, self-market all through the internet and still reach a global audience, you don't have to sign a deal. And there's so many more resources out there that just are for independent artists that can teach about, like, this is shitty, don't sign this. Or, like, this is why you might need a label, this is why you might not, you know? But it's still a shame, because, I mean, a lot of people get, like, a bunch of calls from labels, like, oh, it's so exciting, all these major labels want to sign me. Like, isn't this what everyone wants? Mm -hmm. And then... You know, they'll sign something shitty, or if they take their time and then the song starts to plateau, the labels will just forget about them. And I'm hoping that, like, going forward, people more people will realize, you know, being signed to a label is cool. It's like a flex, I guess, but, you know, like, you don't need one. If anything, it could yeah. hurt you more than help you because
1: everything is so corporate and bureaucratic. It just reminded me because previously on our podcast, we talked to Jenna Andrews who's like a songwriter now and then we also talked to Fifi Dobson and both of those writers were signed in like the early 2000s, like were promised like you're gonna be the next pop star, like you're gonna be the next Britney Spears and then like they wrote albums and then like they maybe put out one album and then like all this like bureaucratic stuff at the late happens that either they weren't allowed to release music or they're like we don't like this direction you're going or like that's not going to be popular and just like we're never allowed to put out music again. And like that happened a lot especially in the early 2000s but I feel like it still happens now to pop artists that like we don't even know about. Like Mm -hmm. was it uh, Lady Gaga, Kesha, Katy Perry, they all were signed by multiple labels before they ever found fame. So I think Kesha ended up being like a songwriter because she was signed when she was like 17 or 18. She didn't come out with her hits until like she was 22. So I mean like this is still happening. So I mean kind of exactly what you're saying of like maybe now because people are able to have more of a platform with TikTok, they have more opportunities to find fame on their own versus getting trapped with a record label. Mm-hmm.
2: And I think TikTok too has provided like more of a sense of transparency from the artist's end of Mm -hmm. You know, seeing the dark side of what getting a label deal actually is. You know, you see in the early 2000s, someone like Kesha exploding with all these hits. Oh man, like I wish I could do that too. Even recently, like Megan Thee Stallion, apparently her deal is like horrible. And it's just like, how can you expect these people at the same time? It's just such a like it sucks because it's like how are you supposed to get a good deal if you don't have a good lawyer like an industry lawyer how are you supposed yeah. to meet an industry lawyer if you don't have yeah. connections and how are you supposed to afford the lawyer if yeah. you're a starving Literally. artist you know in the first place and then you see stuff like this yeah. still <laughs> It's crazy. Like, I'm fortunate enough that, like, I mean, I went into this, like, no connections, nothing. Like, not not really money. Like, I'm paying for everything by myself and, like, through making it on the internet and stuff. But, like, I don't know. doing I think doing songs, like, helped me a lot make a lot of industry connections from, like, yeah. a business side standpoint. And, like, being the person who's, like, promoting the songs. And then... I learned a lot about the behind the scenes stuff that way, which is cool. But it sucks because it's like most artists are trying to make music like their main source of income. And even it's near impossible, (laughs) you know, if you don't have funding from another source, whether it be music being your side hustle and you have a main hustle that's making a lot of money or a label.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing like that we have talked about on this podcast is it's like record labels and getting a record deal is essentially just getting a loan and so yes a and, horrible and some of those <laughs> Yeah, literally. And it's like a loan with the devil on top of all of that because the loans are like impossible to pay back because like every album you put out, you're essentially taking out more against said loan. And then on top of that, depending on how bad the deal is, there's more loan you have to take out if you want them to market you at all. But also like you can never pay the loan back if they don't market you, but like they only want to market you if they you take out more money against yourself. And so it's just a constant like fucking yourself over kind of situation. Situation. And I think that that's why. And obviously, like I have no proof to this, but I feel like that's why, like in 2020, they jumped so fast to sign so many of those viral artists because they kind of wanted to before there was a community on TikTok where people were kind of sharing their insights, sharing their knowledge, because like not to be, you know, miss dark side of the moon on everything but like (laughs) these record labels are seeing fresh blood because we also did an episode about like Disney Channel and like how these Disney stars would sign label deals with Disney and like most usually if they weren't like from an industry family they were from like a small town absolutely no industry knowledge and they would get kind of fucked by Hollywood records and so the same thing kind of seemed to happen from for a lot of the people who got signed in that first wave of signees off of TikTok because the labels saw kind of like easy targets Like, I feel so mean to say Mm -hmm. this because I know, like, not everybody who works at labels is an evil person. Not everybody's trying to be like that, but like, that's how the industry works. Like, the music industry, again, like I keep saying, is a capitalist industry. Like, they have to make money, and the only way to make money is to sign artists, have those artists take out their record deal loans and like owe them money and have to create stuff for them. But also, if they don't like them, they like shove them in a closet somewhere and are like, yeah, we'll just leave you there forever. And it's just like crazy because, Oh, I can't... Like, there is a blonde girl who had a song come out at, like, the beginning of the pandemic about, like, a boy next door or something, and I can't remember. Backyard boy, Claire Yeah, and, like, she... That went viral. She got signed. She disappeared from the face of the earth, and then she, like, appeared back on TikTok, and, like, nobody really cared enough for her to, like, get her VH1 behind the music's moment on TikTok of, like, telling everybody what happened, at least from my perspective.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think Claire Rosenkrantz actually... um... She's continued to like be successful. I mean, she hasn't had like a massive viral moment like Backyard Boy again, but like, you know, she won one of, I think she won a MTV Music Award or something. Like, she, you know, she. Yeah. Well, I mean she's She's super talented.
0: Yeah. She's super super talented. talented. Like that's (laughs) that's what I'm saying is it's like it's just like a super talented young kid who the record labels come see fresh blood and are like, let's Mm -hmm. do what we can, and then kind of like it didn't happen soon enough. And so then the internet kind of forgets you. And it's like, how long can you get the internet's attention again to be like, Hey, remember me, pay attention to me? So it's like and something we're going to like get into in literally like a second here of if you're not jumping on that bandwagon and being like, yeah, I'm a fan of this artist because they'll still get fans. Like I'm not like these artists don't have their viral moment and disappear with like only like 30,000 followers. They disappear with like 500,000 followers or more. Most of the time, you know, like it's a dent. They can like start making influencer money if they know what they're doing. Like there's room for them to like create and have that following. And like you said, like get awards, have these moments online, like stay relevant within like, their bubble that they've created but it takes like a whole other type of person and a whole other type of team behind you to like continue having that constant fame and constant recognition and that's why like you'll see artists on TikTok making these like very internet culture moment songs and people getting mad at them or people just like trying and trying over and over again to like recreate that high from like their first viral moment where people are just sticking around to like watch them fail or sticking around because they see them do something stupid and they're like what the fuck like we believed in you why are you doing something stupid and this is the thing is it's like before we started recording this and like when we were talking prepping for this episode i was saying how like anytime I see a guy musician on TikTok do something stupid just automatic block I don't even pay attention because I'm like this is just a man I don't need to stand up for them I don't need to like say anything this isn't like this isn't like not my circus not my monkey sort of situation (laughs) whereas like when it's a woman you kind of want to watch it happen especially as somebody who runs an account and does a podcast about like feminism and like standing up against misogyny and all of that where it's like sometimes even if the scrutiny is warranted you do have to remind people that not everybody's as educated not everybody is as like knowledgeable or understanding or what have you but the girls so many more times on TikTok get so much more scrutiny whether they're putting out a song like we said like Salem Elise with Matt at Disney or they're like Gail with the ABCDEFU song and like these viral moments where like people get mad for no reason or people will be like this feels fishy this feels bad blah, blah blah whatever like there's so many levels to it and it's just like there's so much going on
2: (laughs) yeah exactly and it's just I don't know it's really interesting too because a lot of the time you can't really tell if someone's like for you or not you know because it's like people will be so nice they'll tell you exactly what you want to hear like you said earlier you can be the next this person or the next that person and then when they put a deal in front of you like in writing None of that translates. Everything is like completely one-sided and it's just like, why would I take this? You know? Yeah. Like the nicest people can just be not on your side, but there's a lot of really nice people.
1: That are nice So yes Not not everyone in the music industry Is a villain There are good people out there But it's one of those things It's like a structural system That has been taking advantage of artists For a long time And it's really hard to like Figure out a new system To like actually help artists And whatnot But going to Sarah's point About like Salem Elise Being an example of somebody Who just like kind of received Unwarranted hate Of it's like She's writing songs That are like very culturally Like kitschy Or like popular or, like mad at Disney She has a song about Emily Mariko. She has another one recently called Me or the PS5. And they're all kind of like airy songs. But it's like, it's also like, this is one of the criticisms of pop music where it's like, oh, pop music isn't real music. Like there's no substance to pop music like that, you know. And I mean, this has been around for ages, right? Like even Britney's like, Hit Me Baby One More Time. I mean, like if you think about pop songs throughout the ages, not every single pop song is super deep, but that's also okay. Not every song has to be super (laughs) deep. deep but i think it's just a lot like that conversation has been used a lot to discredit especially female pop stars especially boy bands with female audiences that type of rhetoric has been used to discredit those people so i think it's interesting that we're seeing like a different version of this happening on tiktok with like salem elise because i was just looking at her songwriting credits and she actually wrote on bella porch's build a bitch and it seems like she's a relatively new like artist slash songwriter as far, yeah, it's 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 listed on Wikipedia because she's worked with some other like artists who have come from TikTok who are making music. But what I thought was interesting is that. The reason I know who Salem Elise is is because she wrote a song for one of my favorite K-pop groups, which is Tomorrow By Together. And the song is called Anti-Romantic. And it's kind of like more of like a bit of a ballad type song. And it's a serious song. It's not like jokey lyrics or anything. But of course, I think she like wrote the basic of the music. And then I'm sure like the label had input into like what the lyrics were. But it's just interesting because it's like, I think that HYBE, which is the company that is BTS and Tomorrow By Together, they're trying to find popular songwriters to work with their art so that their artists have a better chance of having internet popularity crossover. But it's just interesting because, point in being, it's like she's writing these very cultural, like, meme type songs for TikTok, and then she's writing, like, more serious songs for other artists. So far. She still has, like, very early in her career.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think, like, something like Mad at Disney, though, to an extent, like... It has sort of like a, I don't even know if tongue-in-cheek is the right word, but like it sounds like that's how you would describe it, but it's like, it has like a good, like it has a serious concept and it's like smart, you know, it's just like Disney paints all these unrealistic expectations of like, this is how like love is when you're an adult and you find your prince charming. (laughs) It's just like, it's just not really how the world is, you know, and I think when you boil it down, it is a serious song. It's just like quirky, you know, how she talked about it.
0: Yeah. But but the PS5
2: is kind of just goofy.
0: But that's like, that's a good point (laughs) though, is it's like the thing that I remember specifically with Matt at Disney was that like at first people were really into it. And then people who were like, had a relatively decent following started being like, this is stupid or making fun of it or whatever. And it's kind of like going to high school where it's like, oh, the popular kids making fun of this song. Now I don't like it. And now I'm picking it apart or whatever. And the thing that's really interesting is, is it's like, People will make TikTok videos where they're speaking, saying the same thing she's saying in her songs. But because they're saying it, people in the comments are like, Yes, Queen, like go off. Like, oh, such a good point. Oh my God. But when you put it to a song and you put in the work to like produce that music and produce the song and do everything that she's doing. All of a sudden, it becomes, like, this hot topic, this talking point, this thing where people are being contentious about it. And it's like, yeah, the Emily Mariko song about like, just Emily Mariko existing and whatever is, like, that was a bit stupid. The Mirror PS5 song, I mean, my boyfriend could probably relate to that very wholeheartedly, like, <laughs> situation. But it's like, I don't know, like, there's always been songs that exist for like commercials or whatever like jingles and it's like a lot of her songs could like sell a person or sell a product or whatever and people just get mad because people love to get mad on the internet and try and ruin some poor girl's career because they think that she's like not smart enough to make music
2: yeah it is really interesting when like that's a really great point that like when you put it into a song people are more critical of it and i think that i don't know music in a way is just its own language too so it's like aside from the lyrics you have to like make it make sense in this own language of like music and stuff like because songwriting is such a interesting thing where it's like you can talk and communicate a point and it's a lot easier than putting it into lyrics that, like, not only, I guess, like, rhyme or whatever, but flow with the rhythm of the song. Like, mm-hmm. it's really easy to just, like, have an awkward, you know, like, to try to fit something into a song that just doesn't fit. I think Mad at Disney, I think, like, the whole Mad at Disney, Disney like, it flows really well, Yeah. you know? Like, it's not really, I mean, honestly, like, it's not really my type of music, but, like, I can appreciate it, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I think that it's just a smart concept. And I think, like, the PS5 song, like, kind of dives into, like, it's awkward, you know? Like, I'm probably gonna run it over. Like, it's just, like, (laughs) it just doesn't fit, you know what I mean?
0: With that being said, it's like, yeah, obviously not everybody's music is going to be for everyone. But that doesn't mean that you can't, again, like you said, acknowledge when somebody when something still is like done well. But like, again, you see these people who the Internet is like so wishing to like have a downfall or like be mad about or whatever the case is. And like another example of this of like somebody making genuinely good music, like throughout the whole time that they've been relevant on the Internet or more so just on TikTok, like they've proven that they want to do music like they do music they can sing whatever is like the TikTok user emwe so like emmy and she came out with a song called stupid big teeth and it was essentially like and I'm putting words here but it was so like she went viral on the internet like years before she became TikTok famous for like having a meltdown about getting like a a parking ticket or something about how she thought she's gonna go to jail and like this whole thing and she was like a meme on the internet for years and then she got really popular on TikTok and like I don't know what happened in Between because, like, I'm not an Emmy, like, (laughs) historian, but she's been able to remain relevant on the internet and, like, her, on her TikTok, she like, she has a separate TikTok channel where she sings covers and does all that, and like on her normal TikTok, like she also sings and like talks about singing. And so she put out this song that was kind of like I'm not that girl that I once was, like essentially pointing at that first ever viral moment. And the song was good, and like the full song actually was good, but like a lot of people were kind of like, oh, she's just like jumping on this for clout, and they kind of were just like trying to tear her down because they hadn't had any reason to beforehand or like any ability to. And then finally this person who was once an internet meme puts out a song when everybody and their mother is on TikTok trying to become a pop star. And then people are like, let's ruin her.
2: Yeah. And I think like a lot of it too, I don't know if this is true for everyone, but I think, you know, music, like singing and stuff, especially is just so much more vulnerable than just, you know, putting yourself out there. It's like on top yeah. of that, you you made a song like Making a song is so much more vulnerable than making just like a statement, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I mean, at yeah. least from what I've seen about Emmy, I saw honestly more people just shitting on the production of the song than like <laughs> what Emmy did. And I think like that also just falls into okay, maybe that's not a lot of people's style, like it's very glee, and yeah,
0: yeah. you know.
2: I'm pretty sure Emmy's talked about just being a huge Glee fan in general, so it makes sense that she'd make a song that's, like, very Glee.
0: Yeah. But it's
2: just, like, okay, if you don't like it, cool, you know? Like, why do you have to hate? Like, give give her some slack, you know? Like, she's just trying to have fun.
1: I just think it's funny that, like these poor teens have, (laughs) this is what I was trying to make the point earlier of like with Rebecca Black, she was literally like chased off of the internet for Friday. And I feel like that's kind of something similar that happened to this girl, Emmy becoming just like such a meme and being a teenager. And it's like, it's hard to be a teenager and everyone's just expecting everyone to be perfect all the time. And like, honestly, the fact that she can return to the internet and have her come back is just amazing in itself.
2: I will say Friday, like Emmy's song, like, people definitely like it. Like, there's a lot of her fans that, like, love the song. So at least, like, she has a support system behind her, whereas Rebecca Black, like, everyone hated it because that was everyone's first impression of Rebecca. You know, like, Emmy built a following and got people to like her first before making the music and was working on that for years. And, like, people are more inclined, I feel like, to want to like something if they like the person first. And Emmy has a great personality, like, even though... I'm not the biggest fan of the song like I think Emmy's hilarious so like I want to you know I want to root for her still like I'm still excited to see where her music career goes because I think she's really talented.
1: So I think the interesting thing is like, if you think about pre-TikTok, how musicians built followings, even if we're talking about like Instagram, Twitter, whatever, it was always about the music. It was always about putting out music and reaching people through the music. And then if they come follow you on Instagram or Twitter, cool. And yes, I do think, you know, stars felt some pressure at the time to have to like suddenly be good at Instagram or suddenly be good at Twitter. But it's really just about being likable and like having personalities that are likable. But I think TikTok is this entirely different game. Like nobody's going to TikTok because they want to discover music, but people are trying to get their music discovered on TikTok. And so it's like the type of people that are really popular on TikTok are people who like have quirky personalities or tell you cool facts or like things you didn't know. It's very like quick, snappy, short form content. And this is why we call a lot of them content creators, because you're creating content. It's entirely different than making music. And it's like a lot of people who both make music and have like TikTok profiles that aren't necessarily just for their music. It's like a Venn diagram of like two different audiences. And like there's a very small amount that like overlaps in the middle. And I think this is what we're trying to like reckon with right now, like artists and music industry alike is figuring out how do you convert people to to be music fans because if they're just there for your TikTok personality or your TikTok content, it's really hard to convert them to actual like music fans.
2: Yeah. Oh, there's definitely pros and cons to both approach, you know, cuz it's like if you brand yourself as like I make music, this is my music, then, you know, your brand is like, "Oh, you're a musician." Like immediately people are like, "That's someone who makes music, and that's why I follow them because they make music." Whereas, but it's so much harder to make yourself stand out that way because like so many people who make music are trying to market themselves as someone who makes music but then it's like if you don't brand yourself as that if you just try to put your personality first and then get people to listen to your music you can fall into that trap of like so many people being like oh I didn't know you made music even Mm -hmm. though you've been making music for like yeah a year or so at that point you know so it's like there's no right way and everyone has like their own way to do it and it's really interesting watching people try to figure out the right way because I feel like at the end of the day a lot of us we don't know really what we're doing you know like people do but then like it's so hard because it doesn't work 100% of the time because the algorithm's always changing
0: yeah absolutely so while there are these artists who again people are kind of just hope trying to fuck with because that's what people do on the internet, we do have artists who have faced backlash on TikTok for like completely warranted reasons. And again, it's kind of like what I said at the beginning of TikTok has created its own music industry by essentially allowing fans or again haters to like dictate what is happening within the TikTok environment of music like this this TikTok habitat so to speak because the people in the comments are kind of just so used to having their own role within TikTok while they're not creating videos They're creating comment content and that's a real thing. And like they do have some sort of power because TikTok creators who like didn't exact didn't have a following or didn't have a platform prior to TikTok are very aware of like the fact that it is a parasocial relationship that they're having between that the commenters have with them. But also these commenters know who they are. A hundred percent like there's no real personas that exist on TikTok. People are just usually being themselves. And so when you see artists going and like completely not understanding how TikTok works and yet not being famous people who are should be out of touch, it's a very jarring experience. And so you see these artists who either like were in a band or like had their their own song go viral or whatever the case may be. They have created a platform. People know who they are. They're like TikTok, relatively famous, like whatever the case is, like they're famous on the internet is the best way to put it. And then they go on to make another song and that song either doesn't go as viral as that first song or... You see a song going viral for the wrong reasons. And this is like where TikTok again creates this really interesting environment and like this interesting take on things where when artists fuck up in the music industry, a la like Jessie Nelson and like her bad boys, like solo entry into the world, the music industry kind of just tries to convince you that they're doing nothing wrong. Whereas like when a TikTok artist does something wrong, they're the only person that is there to try and convince you that they're doing nothing, that they have done anything wrong and it's so much harder for a singular tiktok musician to convince people of such than like a whole ass record label and like pulling out famous names to like come to your aid and so like a big example of this that happened somewhat recently was the singer of that band avenue beat that had like fuck that song fuck 2020 that was like a huge deal on tiktok and Avenue B apparently has like disbanded. They're not a band anymore. So this girl, Savannah Santos, it started making her own music. And so she had this song come out that was titled Hey Mom, or later they said it was called Like a Woman. So I don't really know what the actual song title was or is or whatever. But basically they like release this song and they're like, Hey Mom, like turns out I also like boys. I'm not... A flaming lesbo or like whatever the fuck they said, which was just like that's that's a bad word and a derogatory term and something like you should not be saying. And like even though people slammed the comments, slammed that stitch button, like went wild trying to educate, like people weren't even really be like people were being mean, but people were trying to like calmly educate and Rather than just, like, throw the whole song away, they were like, oh, yes, the only thing I've done wrong is used a slur. When, like, the whole song was, like, incredibly lesbophobic, incredibly biphobic, incredibly just, like, oh, like, lesbians aren't real. You just haven't met the right guy yet sort of situation. It was wild. (laughs) Yeah. I think her
2: response, too, was just kind of ridiculous because she was like, guys, like, I'm literally a lesbian. And then the whole song is about a dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? So I just, I don't know, like, yeah, not the best move on her part. I mean, I think it's going to be really hard for her to come back from that. And I do think that, like, I don't know, when you make a mistake that just, like, disrespectful and people are trying to calmly educate you, there's always the people who are, like, much louder and much meaner so i feel like in a situation like that it's really easy to get like super defensive instead of being super open-minded and i don't know i feel like a lot of that response made her less inclined to be open to the criticism
1: i think also when you have artists who like make a mistake like sarah like you're talking about oh the label pretends they didn't make a mistake something like that there's an air of distance between that artist and their fans but when Mm -hmm. it's TikTok. The, the people in the comments own you, like basically, like they are the reason you go viral or don't go viral. Like they are the reason you have a following. The audience is everything. And so you can't get away with the same thing that you could if you were like an actual artist, because part of your success is you being online. You can't just like suddenly not be online and you can't not answer to these things because it's not going to go well. People are going to hold you accountable.
2: Yeah, yeah. Totally. And even with, like, the Lale video, too, it's yeah. just, like, like she, but she went through so many hoops before she finally decided, like, I really fucked up, you, you know? Like, she made so many videos just, like, being super defensive about her video before she actually, like, tried to apologize. But I don't know. This all got me thinking, too. Like, I feel like a lot of the reason we see these, like, women who make misjudgments and just, like, put things out that are really out of touch, Mm -hmm. why they get more of a platform. And because people are more inclined to hate on them, you know what I mean? Like people are more inclined to leave a hate comment rather than just say not interested. People are more inclined to like be like, you're stupid, you know, and like share it and be like, "Like how stupid this was. When it's like, when a man just says something stupid, it's just like, okay, like you're dumb, like scroll. (laughs) You know, I feel like a lot of, and it's a shame too, because- like even like Arya or whatever like I've never heard of him before you know because yeah. like he's like you know I feel like women get more hate because they get more engagement that's negative and then that yeah. pushes them more in the algorithm and then more people see it and then more people hate
0: yeah. No, I mean, you're not wrong. Like, that's the thing. And, like, that's true. I think, I think something that, like, we touch on a lot is it's like the world loves to attack women. The world loves to do that. And also, right now, with how much women are, like, behind the whole, like, women supporting women situation, that when other women do something that they don't agree with, they so much, again, like I said, with the Savannah situation, like, a lot of these lesbians on TikTok were coming and responding in, like, not a mean way, just like in an educational way, but it puts that video out more. And so, more people who aren't from that community, who are just like wanting to be keyboard warriors or whatever, are going to yell at a random woman just because, but like, people are thinking that they're coming from a, a good place and they probably are coming from a good place but like they're not realizing that that good place is going to have like negative attributes to it because of the internet and you are right it's like I said it's like when I see a man do something stupid I'm like oh fucking men being stupid again get rid of them except for Aria my arch nemesis if you follow us on TikTok you know what I'm talking about every time he makes a song I yell because girls are in the comments supporting him and I'm like ladies no don't support him he's garbage his songs are bad i'm like (laughs) i'm his number one hater but with women it's like people are trying to educate and using and that's the thing is it's like essentially even with tramp stamps it's like they were kind of like martyrs in a way where it's like people were mad (laughs) but like people were making martyrs of them people were using them as an example of like this is what you don't do like this is how they fucked up and this is how you do better and it's like we were even like all of us were in the wrong to some degree with that because they just and that's the other thing is it's like a lot of these people rather than listen they just get defensive and then it just creates this negative feedback loop of like constant Stitching and replying and going over the top and doing all this stuff because, again, there is no label, there is no fame to distance you. So there are people who have, like, the same number of followers or, like, who also have gone viral or whatever being like, hey, dude, we're on the same level. You might not think we are, but we are. Fucking listen to me and like I can help you. And they don't want to listen because they're like, no, we're famous. Like we we do things. We know what we're doing. We're successful. And you're a TikToker. And it's like, so are you, really? And it's I don't there's just like so many levels to it.
1: The thing is, and like this is what we always say on this podcast is like Literally everyone literally everyone on planet Earth has internalized misogyny no matter what your gender or sexual orientation is But some people think that they're above it and some people think or even just like homophobia of Like no, like I'm dating a girl So like I can't be homophobic or like whatever it is. That's not how it works We all grew up with like a lot of stuff We got to process and work through and unlearn But it's also like the internet is a kind of a bad place to have these conversations because everyone does get defensive and nobody does want to Listen and a lot of times education somebody might take that as hate when like you're not trying to hate them or maybe the hate and the education are intertwined there's just the like TikTok is not a great platform for like people to like listen and learn you know
0: yeah definitely I mean, so Deb, like as somebody who is a songwriter and a producer and who makes videos discussing how songs are like created and all that sort of stuff, like when you see these people who are making, writing stupid songs and putting these things out there, because like your platform isn't for calling people out, whereas like our platform can exist for that. How do you deal with like existing within like that music world on TikTok, but like not like your platform wouldn't expect you to like come out and say anything about these things?
2: I mean, honestly, like, I kind of just, if I see something that I think is stupid, I, I just, like, close the app, you know? <laughs> Sometimes, I will say, when I saw the Lale video, I got so curious to just see what her deal was, so I just looked through her whole page. But other than that, I'm just, like, you know. I think on YouTube, like, I, I do try to use the youtube channel to sort of have more conversations about those things because tiktok you yeah. can only say so much i mean they just started adding 10 minute videos but like who's on tiktok to watch a 10 minute video you know what i mean no
0: one <laughs> i feel
2: like you like taking the youtube channel space to really like talk about my full thoughts on something like i made a video about the Lale video
0: yeah
2: and like just like you know talking about why i thought it was wrong and stuff and then also just like i made a video about how koila ray got like so much hate And why it's just like, what did she do wrong? You know, like people, it's just crazy. Like that's just blatant misogyny. People just hating Koyla Rice. So
0: can you give some context for like our listeners who might not know what happened there?
2: Yeah. So Koy had, she had several viral TikTok songs. She made the songs like go best friend and like a couple other ones. And so many people just like really, really hated her music I mean I found out after I made the video that apparently apparently this isn't even something I think was confirmed but like there was rumors that she cheated on trippy red so people took that as oh okay now we can like hate you and like come after your body and stuff like that Oh
0: my god. and
2: yeah it's horrible and she also apparently she made this video that was like I'm the most like important rapper like I'm the most viral rapper right now and people were just mad that like she said that but it's just like Okay, is that really all she did? You know, like, Mm -hmm. people are just taking, like, trying to pick apart every single little thing she does and then use that as sort of ammo to attack her. Like, people, it's horrible. Like, her Twitter replies are horrible. I don't know how she still goes online because it's, like, all these men and, like, her XXL freestyle and stuff, people just, like, saying that she's bad and, like, talentless and just, like, talking about her body. It's disgusting that people are so mean to her. And all she did is like make music.
0: It's just so crazy because like, you know, the whole genre of reply guys on the internet. And I know also, Dev, like you mentioned prior to like recording that like sometimes when you'll make videos, you'll have like a a man stitch them and be like, I actually talked about this and I talked about it better than you did (laughs) or whatever the case is. And it's like, we constantly see like, of course, like older men will be like, oh, you're just a kid. You don't know what you're talking about. But even like men of like the same generation, as us kind of attacking and going after women because they're just like, oh, you stole my content. Oh, like you stole my idea. Oh, like you're just a girl. How can you know this? Like, how do you know what you're talking about? And it's just like, I don't know. It's just so disheartening because like we feel like we all have to stick together and sometimes it's just impossible.
2: Yeah, the music theory space is so toxic. You wouldn't think. You really wouldn't. It's just like, why, why are you coming at me over not making the distinction between modulation and direct modulation. Like, are you out of your mind right now? Like, this is what you're doing right now. Really? It's just crazy. And, like, I don't know. I I definitely love still talking about music theory and stuff, but it's, like, that's not really the focus of song psych anymore. Like, we talk about music more broadly because it's just, like, I'm so tired of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tired of all these people being like, oh, well, obviously we get a lot of positive feedback too. Like a lot of people really appreciate how we dumb down music theory, but it's just like, yeah. there's so many people that are like, how did you learn this? Like you just Googled it or, you know, saying, actually, that's not really using a leading tone. That's like the flat seven. It's not the seven. Like, shut up. <laughs> okay. I. I- I don't want to hear it. But then a guy will literally make a video with the same song saying something else that's like a little wrong. And people will be like, wow, you're so smart. And also like the fact that people use like, what did you just Google this as like a derogatory thing? It's like you try to teach yourself music theory using Google. You try. And then you try to dumb it down and explain it. I'd love to see it. You know, (laughs) it's I get so
1: fired up about it. Yeah. But it's just reply guys. Yeah. It's because men own information. (laughs) And women aren't allowed (laughs) to share their input That's why (laughs) There's
2: this one guy who kept commenting on my song Sykes and being like I talked about this song two weeks ago We wouldn't even talk about the same thing But even if we talked about the same music theory concept It's like dude you didn't come up with that this is literally like do you think that Pearson success is like suing Macmillan for making a textbook about algebra 2? No. <laughs> like that you didn't come up with algebra 2. So like why are you coming at me for talking about the perfect fifth interval? I really don't understand.
0: It's so funny. Because, like I said, it's like I couldn't really think of like a lot of dudes on TikTok doing like the same sort of situations as like Emmy or Salem or whatever. And the closest I can think of to making pop-culturally relevant sort of songs is this artist who I, like, genuinely like. But sometimes I think, like, when he puts texts over his songs, he's, like, making them more internet than, like, the songs actually sound, which is this guy called Chaz Cardigan, who I think is, like, a very talented singer. But he, again, same thing, kind of, like, start of the pandemic, a lot of the songs he's putting out were very clearly just, like, news headline song lyrics. And, like, he definitely has broadened his horizons of like how to sing about those topics without it being so obvious. But then he goes and ruins it with like the text on the screen being like, this is how internetly, like culturally relevant this song is. And I'm like, bro, just let it be music. And that's a thing that like I find so interesting in like the juxtaposition between like this one dude I could think of that did this and like Salem, where Salem is just like so with her whole chest, just like this I'm internet culture This is the moment. This is me. This is what I'm doing. And he's kind of trying to hide it. And I feel like that's what guys have always done, where it's like they kind of try and hide that they're doing the same things as women are doing or that they're doing things that like would be more of like what they would quote unquote think of as like women's interest. And like it's just like an interesting little side Thing that I've noticed on the internet. When men do it, it's the Justin Timberlake justified version of women
1: doing it, of like, I'm doing it, but I'm cool because I'm a guy. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I'm not like the women who are annoying who are doing it.
0: And like the only other like annoying trend that men I've seen do on TikTok is the unnecessary male response to female songs because they think that girls won't get mad at them for being misogynistic by making a build a bitch, but from a dude's response or good for you but like the boys response and I just loved how many men are like so emotionally unavailable and like emotionally <laughs> detached from the world that like they thought good for you was like a mean breakup song that they were like being really angry they their like male response to good for you and I'm like don't ever date anyone I know please <sighs>
2: Yeah, I never even saw those until I checked out the link. I just, like, clicked out. That's the type of stuff, like, I would just scroll by it, you know? Like, it's just like, I'm just like, shut up.
0: You know, like from your perspective, again, like as somebody who has to deal with like reply guys being like, no, you're wrong or like, oh, I did this first. Do you think we should be get like, like, what do we think is like the right response to like these dudes doing dumb shit? Like, should we continue to ignore them or should we all become reply guys? Like, what's the right way to go about this? I mean, I
2: think in a perfect world like, no one would give any of it the time of day. Like, if you see something stupid, just scroll by it. But unfortunately, I don't think that the human race will ever be at that stage, at least in our lifetime, you know? Because I think that, especially with the internet, and it's so easy to just hide your face and say something mean, just to, like, feel like you made that person feel bad for ever making something that got put in front of your face that you didn't like, you know? I think that... It's so easy to just be needlessly mean and then just go about your day, you know. So I think it would be really nice if everyone just, like, ignored things that they didn't like. But I feel like that's been the answer for so long. And just even before TikTok, like, on the internet in general, you know, since social media was, like, a thing that people used widely
1: but I don't know if we're gonna get to that point so this is the interesting thing of it all is like this is literally unfolding before our eyes so like as TikTok goes on in time and so do these musicians we're gonna see like exactly how a lot of this plays out and I think like one of the most interesting takeaways from today and a point that you brought up Dev is that you know that internalized misogyny and leaving hate comments especially on women's videos actually makes those videos go viral because of the algorithm and so it's like not just are you like hating on women but then even more more people are seeing that and then piling on the hate, which is definitely a problem for all of this. But with that being said, I want to thank you for your time today. Thank you for bringing your expertise, both as a musician and as a TikToker, to this conversation. So, yes, thank you very much.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me. I mean, this was a lot of fun. Both of you are awesome. This podcast, freaking
0: awesome.
1: So for any listeners who want to see more of Dev's TikToks or listen to the music, we'll have that all of that linked below.
0: So we are officially scholars on TikTok, I guess. Time to write the book. That was a really interesting discussion, though, because I think that, like we said, when something is happening in real time, it's so out of our comfort zone to talk about. But it's so necessary because TikTok comes up in so many of the discussions that we have in day-to-day life and also just like I feel like more so maybe on Patreon than in like our normal episodes yeah, but it's so sure. relevant to the music industry right now and it's like such a good thing to talk about.
1: Yeah, because like we said in the in the episode there's not been a lot written on it so far but it is interesting to dissect like our opinions on what we're seeing happening. And I do think the algorithm thing and the misogyny thing is really extremely interesting.
0: Yeah. And so, I mean, I know that not all of you guys are on TikTok, but I know a good amount of you found us from TikTok and like we've discussed TikToks in our DMs and on Discord, etc. So it would just be really interesting to like hear your guys' point of view as fellow TikTok enthusiasts of just like what you're seeing and like how you interact with these musicians and stuff. Because like I said, it's like, there might be some of you who fully went on the bandwagon for some of these artists. Like I know we have members of like our Patreon community and on discord who have pointed out TikTok musicians to us before and who have become like major fans of artists that they discovered on TikTok I mean me myself like I talk about Peach PRC all the time like we all have those TikTok artists that really stuck out to us and to like some people they were just a trend or they were just like a mistake on their timeline or whatever and to others like they're people we fully stan yeah. and so it would just be really intriguing to like hear from y'all like how you interact with that so with all that being said thank you guys so much for joining us this week on Name Free Songs and until next time never let anyone feel bad about your favorite band and remember you're
1: never too cool to listen to your favorite tiktok viral song
0: don't forget to subscribe to be notified when each episode comes out and leave us a five-star review they really help
1: if you want to find out more about any of the sources we referenced in this episode you can visit name it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper